Vino episode 63. Welcome to Vino 101. I'm Bill. Hello, everybody. Al here. Bill, it's been a, it's been a tumultuous few weeks for us. A lot yeah. of things going on out here in Cali. For sure. A lot of, uh, a lot of uh, smoke. Uh, yeah, I mean, smoke and fire, smoke taint and fire. <laughs> so smoke, the smoke is crazy, man. We're, we have friends that are actually looking, I mean, actively looking for another home, a place to like, Excuse not just move to part-time, but full-time. They're, no. they're done with the annual fire season. And uh, also a little bit of the political environment. They're they're like actively looking to move to like Canada or Portugal or they're looking around. Wow, I that's you know I hear a lot of people talking about that stuff, but that's a big move. Um, it really is, you know, to leave the states. I do, you know, I, there's a handful of people I, I, you know, acquaintances and know that are, you know, headed out of California. You know, definitely want to move out of the, you know, out of California because of, you know, floods and rain and or I should say floods and fire. And and we haven't mentioned or we we haven't had an earthquake in a while. Thank God. I know, man. Well, we got the locusts. They already came. They showed up. So, you know, they got to be on the way pretty soon. Yeah, it's uh, it's uh, obviously not to make light of it. Um, It is a drag for the economy and it's a super drag for the economy and that on top of, you know, a pandemic, um, it makes it pretty difficult um, for for people to, uh, it makes it difficult to survive. And, you know, it it affects your psyche, you know, when you're stuck inside, you can't do a lot of things that you wanna do. You can't gather together. I was thinking about Halloween and I was thinking, geez, man, you know, I always think about little kids and all the things that they're missing out on. as a result of uh, this pandemic. Um, I mean, I'm sure there, there's a bunch of creativity out there with people on how to make it really Halloween fun for kids. But I mean, there's just a ton of stuff you can't, you, you really can't do anymore. You know, they can't have the bouncy castle at the uh, at the pumpkin patch. You know, everybody's walking around with the mask. Uh, you know, you, obviously you can't go knocking on the door and having people hand you candy. So, I mean, there's just gonna be a, just an interesting, um, it's just uh, kids are really taking it hard. And that whole socialization of going to school, you know, a, a big part of school, especially when you're young, is socialization. It's, it's really not about learning. It's about learning to interact with people, you know, different people. And, and, and this, um, I don't think you get that from a Zoom call. I, no I, I really don't. Yeah. No way. No way. My... Uh... My uh, son's school, my youngest son's school there, you know, he's got a pod. Okay. Socializing with each other for, you know, all throughout the summer, basically. And they all get together a couple of times a week at one of the parents' houses. So, you know, kind of managing things that way and, you know, expectations around, hey, feeling sick or, you know, you came in contact with someone sick you know, managing that, um, or having symptoms, I should say, you know, managing it from that standpoint. 
Um, it, but it is, it's, it, it's, I think, you know, I think that's going to have long-term impact that we don't understand, you know, again, you know, that's yeah, isolation, it's, you know, it's almost like being back in a small, like in a small, like rural town, you know, you have very limited access to people, you know, you don't, you know, when you meet, when you interact with a lot of people, you know, you find out about different things, you learn about different things. And it's not so much you're getting that type of information and cues from other people now. It's just a small group. And, of course, there's what's ever on the 2D Internet, which is, you know, often distorted. And in our age of super hyperbole, I don't know. It's going to be really interesting to see what happens. Yeah, I'm going to edit an advantage to you. Like you mentioned earlier, I get out. I'm out, you know. I'm talking to people or... <laughs> In a lot of cases, trying to talk to people. <laughs> but, uh, you know, my, my job requires that I actually physically go to locations to, you know, get the layouts, see what's going on. A lot of it I can do, I'm doing more and more by, you know, uh, you know send me a picture, you know, send me a video, send me a, no, send me a schematic to your layout. But the, the, really the best way to do it is to physically be there on site at the campus. So, um, you know, it's definitely difficult to maneuver around that. Um, people are, you know, people are, are edgy and, you know, there's that awkward thing when you're walking along, always see when you're walking along the sidewalk and it's like, you know, people are trying to figure out, you know, which way, <laughs> which way do you go? It's very odd. You know, hey, let's dive yeah. into, uh, yeah. let's dive into, I got a pleasant surprise on the last podcast. You were telling me that. You uh, you were picking up some Cali Red. I did. And that you dropped a bottle off. And uh, much to my surprise, a few days ago, you did drop a bottle off. And, um, uh, man, Terry was very excited when she saw the label. And uh, she says, we've got to definitely have that. So we did have the 19 Crimes Cali, Cali Red. Red last night. We had it with... Uh, <laughs> we had it with... Uh, Terry's hamburgers that uh, they're really good. They're, um, she puts um, um, the blue cheese on them and then uh, fresh cut um, avocados and oh, it's just, but the, the Cali Red, to be honest, the Cali Red kind of overpowered those burgers. I was like, wow, blue cheese and avocado, that actually might have gone okay with that Cali Red. <laughs> So I'll let you start out. I got a lot to say, Bill, but I know you've had it. You've got a lot going on. Why don't you tell us about the 19 Crimes Cali Red? I I don't. I I when I took my first sip, I'm like, wow, did I just pay ten a hundred percent more for a bottle of two buck Chuck? <laughs> um, I, I I felt like I was drinking a lot of Merlot with some Zinfandel and some other kind of liquid purple or something in it i don't yeah, yeah. it's a it, and so to be fair nothing wrong technically with the wine drank fine um it just it it's a it's a blend of some sort i don't even know if that was on the label i couldn't even i i had looked up the winery and the uh you know sort of what they were doing but it's just a high volume wine you know blended together to taste good and it it tastes okay. I mean, it's not, you know, it's not, you know, some high-end, super awesome wine, but, you know, it's drinkable and 
I could see where if you were having steak or something with bold flavors, that one would probably come out okay. I didn't take many notes, and I didn't drink a lot of it. <laughs> I'm watching your reaction as you're taking a sip right now. <laughs> Sorry. But here's the deal. Yeah. Okay. What, what do you... What do you <laughs> All right, so first of all, you're having it with blue cheese, so I don't know. I don't really. I'm surprised you're even trying it again this morning. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I had a um, back in the day when I was in the wholesale business, I had a boss, and he would always invite the producers to come in. The producers that wanted to show their wines, they always came in first thing in the morning, and they would taste wines first thing in the morning. I would think, man, that's kind of odd. But actually, it is probably the best time to get yeah. wine. But I must confess, this is quite the palate shock <laughs> the morning. It really is. Um, it's, uh, but the label, come on though. 19 Crimes Cali Red, you got Snoop Dogg on there looking all serious. That is brilliant marketing. Uh, it, it's, yeah. The bottle too. The bottle too. Label. And the bottle too. The bottle's like the smoked. It's like that, uh, you smoked. know. Yeah. yeah, like primer. It's like I've noticed a bunch of high-end cars lately are using that kind of similar yeah, the, type of paint. The um, whole package is great. If you go on the if you go on their website, and that's you look a clue, up people. Item. That's a clue. The package is great. The package is great. That's a clue. <laughs> we'll get to the wine later. Well, it's the whole yes. thing. Go on the wine site. The whole thing is geared about the packaging. They've got an app that you can download. No, let me let me back up. Okay. So this wine is made by Treasury Wine Estates, and uh, Treasury Wine Estates is the fourth um, largest wine company in the world. Uh, question for you, Bill. See how sharp you are this morning. What's the largest wine company in the world? Is it Gallup? There you go. Yeah. You're on your game. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, and was it the top five command, like 99% or is it the top three? It's some it's, crazy, it's some crazy right thing. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Sorry to interrupt. Um, the, um, the, uh, some of the other labels that um, uh, Treasury does, would, you might recognize, would be Wolf Blast, uh, Matua, Lindemans. Uh oh. Well, we're having all kinds of network latency today. That was weird. That was weird. Yeah. Okay, hopefully we're okay. We're back, yeah. Um, some of the labels, uh, they also represent, uh, or they uh, distribute uh, Chateau St. Jean and a whole bunch of others. So if you go into a supermarket, you know, you're looking at all these different labels. I mean, a ton of them come from Treasury Estates. Um, this wine is, yeah, you were wondering what it was earlier. It's a combination of Petit Syrah and Zinfandel. And one of the interesting things about this wine is if you go on the site, they talk more about the 19 crimes, how the label was built. And, yeah. You know, they've got an app that you can download. And 
all of the 19 crimes wines that I could tell, all of them came from Australia. They're Australian wines. And this is the first one that's from California uh, okay. that I saw. Um, so um, Snoop's uh, breaking some uh, it's groundbreaking. But uh, it's across the Petit Sirah and no. What is Petit Sirah? That's the question of the day. You know what Petit Sirah is, though? Please, please tell me. All right. Other than a... Petit Sirah, the actual name of the grape is called Durif. D-U-R-I-F. And it's a cross between Syrah and um, uh, Pilarsen Noir. It was uh, discovered by a French botanist called Francois Durif. And he named the grape after himself because, you know... Because you can. Because you can. <laughs> but um, it's grown a lot in the States here. Uh, a ton of it is grown actually in California. But you never see it labeled as Durif because, come on. Durf? That's a, yeah, that's not a very remarkable yeah. name, right? No. So it's called, um, it's been called Petit Syrah forever. And it's S-I-R-A-H, which is the difference between the Syrah that you normally see, which is S-I-R-A-Y. So um, I guess if, you were, if you're looking for, if you walk into a wine shop and you said, you know, I'm looking for an affordable red blend, this is what this wine is for. It's 12 bucks. Yeah. It's, it's an affordable red blend. Super cool label. I mean, you put this on the table during the holidays. Well, it's, I don't know if we're going to be doing that anymore. But in the past, you put this on the table in the holidays, it's going to be one of the first wines on it. Yeah, it's drinkable. Yeah. So it's... Uh, it's Because uh, everyone's going to want to try it. They're going to see the label. And go, I gotta oh, i got to try this stuff. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah the novelty of it. Yep. Just alone. But the color is uh, deep purple. Uh, it's not opaque. Um, the nose is, uh, I got blackberries, uh, black raspberries, and tons of vanilla. Now, I mean, the vanilla is almost overbearing for me because I'm more of a less oak yeah. kind of guy to begin with. But it's interesting to note that this wine is a 2019, and you're saying, God, how did they get all that oak and vanilla in that wine? Well, they probably <laughs> used oak chips in a tank because there's no time for it to actually mature in a barrel. Uh, mid palate is sweet. It's got a ton of vanilla. Again, I mean, the vanilla is just, just, just overdone. And the, but the wine is it's, it's, it's incredibly smooth, and it actually has enough acidity to where it has a, has a pretty decent finish on it. So um, when I first, before I tried it, um, uh, I tweeted out last night, I'm going to open this up, and I said, uh, I'm guessing that it's going to be uh, uh, deep, dark, uh, sweet, and oaky. And that's basically pretty what much it what it is, yeah. 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 So um, it's a, it's a, it's a, I, if you're into novelty uh, things, um, it probably is hard to pick up. I was talking to a few people. It's probably hard to get. It's on allocation, actually. What? <laughs> you believe that? Yeah, it's, it's allocated. It's hard, well, that's, it's hard to find. Yeah, that's just so, the power. Uh, so that's the power of a brand influencer right there. Yeah. 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 Yep. But really, um, yeah, um, in general, and you notice uh, it says, um, under it just says composition, it just says red wine, it says California. It's really all about 
the package, the marketing. If you go on there, um, if you get their app and you put the app to the labels, uh, each criminal has its own, um, these Australian criminals, they, they give a little background about themselves. It's really pretty cool. That so is cool. It's more about the packaging. You're not going to get much about what, what's in the wine, how it's made, and all that. Because, I mean, I guess it doesn't matter if it's 12, 12 bucks, right? Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, yeah. I mean, I didn't, I didn't feel even even though I wasn't a massive fan of the the wine, I still really enjoyed. I enjoyed the experience. Yeah. It's been a fun experience, um, and I would swear there's a there's Merlot in that wine from what I tasted. Um, it just it just tasted like it to me, um, and I had just had a weeks ago. I had a insanely delicious bottle of Merlot. Um, that was 13 years old. Um, that was that, and then I had this one and I'm like, Oh my God, what happened to this wine? But it's probably the Petite Syrah that I was tasting, obviously. But yeah, it's a red blend with smoky, with smoke, oak and vanilla. Yeah. Yeah. So I got so, another. Uh, so we on to. Oh, we got another wine. I recommend that wine actually. I'm telling you, if you put that on the table, you got you no. Know, back in the old days, we had a party and everybody brought a bottle over. Oh yeah. And if you put that on the table, it would be instantly. It would be the first wine that's gone. Yeah. Well, you know. Everyone would want to try it, and even people that tried it, especially the people that like the big reds, they'd all like it. it. Yep. Not so bad. They did get a second glass. Yeah. Well, we're on to probably post Malone next. He has his yes, own wine. That's true. Yeah, I think we, there are others. There's a whole crop of celebrity wines. There's a so. bunch of celebrity wines, yeah. So um, I'm counting on you, Bill, to just find the right ones and we'll just try them out little by little. We'll make the celebrity, we'll have a, a celebrity wine section on the show. <laughs> yeah. So on to something a little bit more serious. Um, not that that's not a serious wine, it's, it's perfectly drinkable. It's fine. Right on. Um, I. Uh, I'm, I've, I've got like a little gem, and I've always talked about these wines in the past. I mean, you probably get tired of me talking about Chateau Saint Combe, Cote de Rhone. Not at all. But, Not at all. <laughs> in fact, yeah. But you got to get some of this wine. I just reloaded um, again from KNL uh, in San Francisco. This is the 2018 Cote de Rhone, and this wine—it's all about texture and savoriness, and. Um, uh, human taste buds can detect, can detect, I think, five different um, flavors: uh, bitterness, salt, saltiness, sweetness, uh, sour, and then there's umami, which I always kind of like. Umami always kind of relate to like bacon. There's something about bacon, you know, that we could all relate to. But this wine has umami, and and this wine has soul, and that's wow that's really, that's big wow yeah and that's mommy and soul you think that it's 13 bucks that you're paying for this wine i mean it really over delivers so it's all syrah um which is not typical for a wine from southern rome typically it's grenache yeah. syrah and vedra uh those are that's typical cote de rome mix and it's made by uh, uh louis uh Barul. That's a B-A-R-R-O-U-L, I believe. Um, but it's it's a delicious wine. 
I have a friend that I make purchases, wine purchases for. Yeah. And uh, he has a really well-trained uh, Eurocentric uh, palate. And uh, I put a couple bottles of this in his last couple cases that I purchased for him. And he texted me uh, a few weeks later, and he said, I quote, another excellent choice. And he said, um, very well structured and balanced, I would buy again. So about a week later, I mean, that prompted me. So I went and I looked on the KL, KL wine site, and they go, oh, they still got a little left. So I bought another case, we're splitting the case. Uh, these wines always sell out fast, but I went again this morning and looked on their site. Done. Sold out. Yeah. So um, if you get a chance, hunt down some Chateau St. Cone 2018 Cote de Rome. Um, if you're a Rome fan, if you're a Syrah fan, you like something that you know um, has um, some good intensity and has um, some some wonderful texture to it, and a little bit of that umami, you can't go wrong. I think the is are the 2018 Cote de Rhones. I've gotten another recommendation from a from a friend of ours and for another 2018 Cote de Rhone, which I've not picked up yet. Chateau, or it looks like Cellar Dauphine, Cellar Dauphine Reserve. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They had. Do that. you know it that in a, uh, interesting little bottle, a little squat bottle? Yep, yep. Uh, Mr. Haug is saying, "Don't miss it." <laughs> Don't miss. There, there we go. Now, talk about somebody that has an excellent palate. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I actually did have that wine. I don't know. I, you know, I had it maybe I want to say a couple weeks ago, and um, that wine is more typical of what a Cote de Rome should be. This uh, Chateau Saint Cone, since it's all Syrah, it's a little bit more serious. It's a little bit more meaty. Uh, so it's not your typical Cote de Rome. Cote de Rome. So almost, it's almost like um, this uh, Chateau Saint Cone uh, Cote de Rome is more in the line of like kind of like a Gigantas. It's got a little bit more heft and weight to it. Um, the Dauphine is a typical Cote de Rome, and it's a great value too, as I remember it was like about twelve bucks. That's right. Cote de Rome, you're kind of you're kind of creeping up a little bit because of the the tariffs. The price uh, is gone a bit. Uh, so, I mean, you used to be able to get them for, shoot, you buy those wines for like eight bucks. I was going to say under 10, right? They're all getting close to 15, and some of the higher ones are getting closer to 20. So, they're going up. But what's interesting is that the other wines, the higher tier wines in Cote de um, the Chateau Neuf de Pops, the Gigandas, the Baccarat, those wines are pretty stable in their price because I think they're running against the head. They already are in the 30, 40 range you know and yeah, 50 bucks you know people starting to kind of go i don't know if i want to well you know purchase yeah and the economy you know the economy is affecting people's purchasing right so yeah you know there are people that can't that could afford those things and maybe not so much anymore taking an impact well that's what i uh, that's what i got for wine um the the latest greatest most tragic thing is this glass fire that we had um and i don't know if we talked about that on the last podcast i don't think we did because it just happened well we had we had we had talked a little bit about smoke taint i think at that last podcast and 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 uh the other thing i remember is that the the testing service and i can't remember their name right now that can the lab that can test for um smoke taint when the fire broke out 
um, was was basically backed up for months already. And yeah. and and I might be conflating fires, no pun intended on conflating, but you know, we had already had the LNU complex fire, which was over in Napa, and then we'd had the Myers fire and the Wallbridge fire here in Sonoma County. There were fires mm-hmm. in Lake and Mendocino County, and then the Glass Fire happened. And the Glass Fire was another one of those fires that was similar to twenty seventeen Tubbs Fire that, you know, jumped from eastern Napa County down through the Napa Valley floor, like towards St. Helena, and then up through and over um, Calistoga Road in St. Helena into Sonoma, and then down into, you know, Kenwood and Oakmont, which had been affected by both the 2017 and 2019 fires. Um, it, uh, it moved... It like in that movement from eastern Napa County and over into western Sonoma was another one of those sort of 12 hour events where you know kind of broke out early in the morning on a Sunday and by Monday morning it was you know threatening Santa Rosa. Um, Mm -hmm. which you know, I you know, I don't it, I, I, I was looking at one of the articles that you sent and. I think it was on the Napa Valley Reporter about the fire response. And, you know, the Napa Valley Reporter is talking about wineries and other citizens that are starting to buy their own fire equipment and fight their own fire and insurance companies that now are providing fire, you know, supposedly fire crews. But, you know, yeah, my my point in that is, you know, I talk to people who are not in California who, you know, friends that live here and they're like, really, Bill, fire? And I'm like, you don't, you don't understand. You know, you're talking about densely forested, steep, steep areas, um, you know, mountainous sort of, you know, not, you know, seven, eight, nine thousand foot mountain, but, you know, 1700, 2000 foot mountain with 60 foot wall of flames that are moving, you know, as fast as a car can move. Um and it and the wind the wind it's like a it's like a fire breathing dragon when the wind hits it it just spews fire so much and gets so hot to the point the trees explode so you know that's like a grenade going off and it's really it's really scary and and then you know the aftermath of it all is just you know you, you I don't know I don't think you can comprehend where you know the fact that the place that you live and all the stuff that you have is like overnight and in a, in a, in a matter of minutes is gone, just gone. And sometimes people are lucky to escape with their lives. Mm-hmm. We're fortunate in the glass fire, no one died, but that isn't the case in all the fires in California and the rest of the Western U S. So, um, it's a pretty devastating thing to, to watch all this go down. And, you know, Napa, Napa got hit hard this time. You know, I yeah, think a they, lot of they, they really did. Um, I just, you know, I see, I just see these. Uh, I see what people go through, and it's it's been, you know, unfortunately for us, Bill. Um, you said that no one um, expired or inspired, and the reason why nobody expired, I think, unfortunately, is that we are becoming so much better at tracking and fighting the fires because. It happens every year now. Yeah. And it's not just one fire. 
It's like, like that, that LNU fire, when that broke out, I mean, we had like, at one point, we had like 250 fires going on. Yeah. All out through California. Well, in major incidents, too. I mean, they're not, these things aren't like, you know, a 10-acre brush fire that, yeah. you know, a local municipality can put out. Um and I and I forget there when the glass fire went down. I remember reading to your point, there were five major incidents active in California, and we had we and you know we the people that were affected by the glass fire had the most equipment and the most firefighters yeah. in in the Western U.S., which is like twenty seven hundred people. Um, yeah, it's just it's crazy. Well, let me try to put this in perspective for people that, that live in other areas, um, just to, just how quickly this happens. So this fire started, I believe it started, am I correct in saying it started Sunday afternoon? Is that right? It was either Sunday afternoon or Sunday morning in, yeah. in, on the west, on the east side of Silverado Trail. Yeah, kind of, uh. It started in the, um, the Deer Park area, um, Deer Park, um, uh, which is, if you're, um, to give you an idea where that is, if you're in the city of Napa and you travel up the valley, you travel about maybe 22, 23 miles, you run into, um, maybe 20 miles, you run into St. Helena and you go through St. Helena and um, you turn right there, uh, right before, um, right after, uh, um, Charles Crew Winery, yep. and that road takes you up the hill, and there's a little community called Anglins up there, and it was a, a, originally settled by um, uh, Adventist. So it's interesting when you go up there, if you go into the grocery store, you can't buy cigarettes or any coffee, because <laughs> Adventists don't... <laughs> they don't partake. And teetotalers also. That's, I was like, you can't, yes, you can't buy any of the big legal three, alcohol, caffeine, or nicotine there. It's all not legal. But uh, if you drive up there, there's vineyards everywhere because it's it's, it's a beautiful place. Yeah. It's a great place to grow grapes. I mean, there's yeah. just some awesome, uh, it's a great uh, grape growing area. But to give you an idea of the what, what this fire does, from where we live, um, well, let's just say from Santa Rosa. If you're in Santa Rosa and you want to drive to that area, you want to drive to Anglin, it's about an hour's drive. Yeah. And it's because you have to go, you know, turn left, turn right, going up and down, going through these foothills, and then you actually go over Mike Collins Mountains, which that's is not, I mean, terrible. people that live in Denver wouldn't call it a mountain, but that's it right. is a mountain. It's 2,000 right. feet tall. That's right. And then you drop down into Calistoga. So, but it's an hour's drive. That fire moved, I think, in just like about 12 hours. That's right. It moved from where it was over there on the east side of the hill, <clears throat> hopped over Highway 29 and started burning in the, the St. Helena foothills, and then went over the hill and went back down the hill towards Kenwood. Now, that's a really short period of time. <laughs> I mean, it's, and, yeah, I mean, it, you know, and it, this is like a wall of flame. I mean, this isn't yeah. like a, yeah, I mean, it's, and you, it's hard to fight the fire because of the terrain. And, and like, like you, you said, said, this time people got hit really hard. I mean, um, the guy that owns Heights, uh, Galen Lawrence Jr., I believe is his name. 
Um, he brought heights a couple years ago, and he had just recently, I mean, literally, like um, four or five weeks ago, he had just purchased Burgess Sellers, which is right in that little area. And Burgess Sellers, which was the, was, it used to be the, um, it was the original Souverain winery. It's a beautiful facility. It burned to the ground. And there was a number of wineries that that happened with. So, I mean, this is a, the, the way that this fire moved. I mean, I think I just, on a couple of, um, I think we just highlighted the wine, uh, Newton Chardonnay. Right. On uh, one of our podcasts, we're talking about, and I actually uh, did a little write-up on it for one of our um, one of our uh, links. That winery burned to the ground. I mean, this, the, these fires are brutal. So to put it in perspective, you know, the fire the firemen are doing all that they can do, and, and to Bill's point, people are actually buying their own fire equipment now. And to your point. This, these people here, this is, you see that bottle there? Yeah. Yep. Yep. This I is, remember reading the article. Medicine. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. We have, a, we have a property that's in that Oakmont, Kenwood area. And this Ledson Winery sits, um, when the fire came over the hill, actually, actually what the fire did was one year it burned, um, uh, one side of that hill and came down, and yeah. in the year prior, it burned that side, and there was one path that had not been burned yet. That's the path that burned. Burn the, yeah. And this, this, this fire was coming right down on Steve Letson's winery. He has his own fire. Uh, he's got like a water truck. There's a water so tanker. They were harvesting grapes. They were yeah. harvesting grapes, and they're like, hey, dude, fire is coming down the hill. He's like, holy smokes. Yeah. And so he gets a crew of his guys that work. You know, with his vineyard crew, and they yep. start, they get out there on their skip dozers. They're out there like plowing the land, making a little uh, fire break, fire put a fire break and, in. Uh, yeah. They're actually fighting the fire. There's a property, uh, there's a house, I don't know if it's his house or not, directly behind that winery that burned. Yeah, and um, it burned um, the Los Gullet. Lot of school center, the yep. little uh, juvenile, uh, yep. a lot of that area, yep. um, a lot of that burn. Our property lies directly in the shadow of Ledson Winery. Oh boy, it's just south, it's just south of it. So I don't know if you've been out there. I have been out there. The reason that I purchased this bottle is that we were driving. We went out to the property yesterday. And we were driving back, and I said. Oh man, we got to go to Letson Winery. I've never even been to this winery, but now I'm gonna start buying this wine because the guy is literally responsible. He's for partially saving. responsible for saving part of that area because due to his saving his property, he saved the properties that were beyond him because yeah. the fire had to go around. And you can see it; it's so vivid when you drive out. You drive out um, east, going to Sonoma. And you're going through Skyhawk, you see all this stuff that's burned all along Highway 12. It's, everything's just, it's just torched. And even on the other side, some of the stuff is torched. But it really just burned to the fence line that runs parallel to Highway 12. So a lot of that fence line is burned down. But once you get to just a little bit before where Letson is, all the fences are fine. Wow. I so, I mean, that's how close we came. So it really rings true. You know, it's like, wow, man, you could be literally one day you're there, the next day your stuff is gone. gone. Yeah, it's gone. Yeah. 
like your chimneys left. Yeah. yeah. I mean, as you see the pictures. Um, and you know the you know the scariest part. All right, come back, network. Just come back. Come back. Duh. We're back. Um, okay. We were saying you were but, saying um, the scariest part. But this, this, the scariest part of this is that it's not a. This is not a one-off. I mean, now we have a distinct pattern. Every year, we're having these horrifically uh, violent fires. And when you look, if you, if you look out our kitchen window at this property, you can see the whole entire hillside, Sugarloaf. That whole entire hillside is black, and there's nothing there anymore. It's just all black. It's all been burned over the past few years. But if you look on the other side of the house, there's Annadale Park, and it's full of trees. It's fine. It's like, it's it's like it's just, well, that'll burn next year. Yeah. So I don't mean to make a joke about it. Don't get me wrong, but it's kind of. But it's it, you can't you you can't just look. It's beautiful. You go, wow, that's really beautiful, the view and everything. But you can't help but think in the back of your mind, man, that you know. And if that were to catch on fire, that's right in the middle of a huge population of people because there's people on the north side of that um, little hill and a ton of people in Bennett Valley on the other side. Yeah, well, I'll tell you how serious it got. So my wife works at a hospital that's in downtown Santa Rosa, um, not far from government and fire and police and sort of the center of the city. When she got to work on Monday morning uh, of the fire, they were prepping for evacuation. And they were they had started to airlift, like, you know, uh, moms that were getting ready to go to delivery. They were starting to, like, airlift them out. Mm -hmm. um, so they were, and not taking patients. So it was, wow. yeah. And to get to the hospital is a significant, you're talking significant suburban neighborhoods. And... Mm -hmm. What they join, they butt up against parks, these neighborhoods. And Annadale yep. Park is one of them. And it's, uh, and so is Trioni. Trioni, Annadale, um, you know, it's a fairly large park in the middle of, kind of in the middle of Santa Rosa, um, or at least on its eastern edge. And, you know, it's full of fuel for a fire. You know, we haven't, you know, it's interesting now that we're starting to spend, I've seen the state and the Fed start to commit significant amounts of money to forest management. <laughs> you know, well, I, I, you know, I, but how much of this pro, how much of the property that burn is actually private property? I don't know. You know, so it's up to the property owners to maintain it. And of course, you know, people like the Ledson folks, um, and the other interesting thing about Letson is, as you're driving east on highway, or you're driving on Highway 12, depending on which way, Letson Winery is a pretty prominent winery because it's this massive Gothic-looking structure. It's a old, you know, it looks like a, it looks like the Adams Family House. If people know what yeah. the Adams Family is, um, and so it would have it it. I remember reading in the paper on Tuesday, either Tuesday or Wednesday morning, how Steve, you know, Steve Letson basically circled the wagons and you know fought the fire 
And then, you know, the one of the articles that you had sent over the, on the Napa Valley Register, which I didn't realize is, you know, a lot of people are buying fire engines and, you know, DIY firefighting. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and I didn't uh, know insurance no, companies it, were sending in private companies either. Um, and I agree with the fire. I can't remember which fire um, official was quoted. Um, about how that's kind of a bad idea. And I, you know, I agree. It's, you know, you could end up with a lot of, you could end up with a, you know, a bad, uh, well, a good example is like in, in that article is about a crew being rescued because they were about to lose a bridge, which was their only egress out of the way of the fire. And, uh, had they not had the coordination, one of those crews probably would have died. And that's pretty tragic. So anyway, it's a, uh, you know, fire season now. And the other thing we're not talking about is power. Um, anytime we've had a lot of heat waves lately, what they call a red flag day here. So it's high, high winds and typically high heat, um, high heat being over, you know, well over 90. And the, um, the power company shutting off power because the winds will knock the power lines down and then start fires. So in, on top of the fire, having to fight a fire, you could be without power. And that's, uh, you know, th- those events are increasing. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just a, it's, it's like a diff, just a different, um, you know, very different environment in, in terms what, of. What, what do you, what do, you, what do, you do, do with, um, I, I drove through Sonoma Valley uh, yesterday. I took some pictures. I posted them on, on Twitter. And, and actually, when, when I stopped at Leds and Winery, Yesterday, they have all these rapes that are just thrown around. They can't harvest them. They're smoking. They, they're not even going to like, there's nothing they can do with them. And you see that all throughout the valley. Uh, one of the posts that I sent to you um, was, uh, I believe, uh, it was like a, uh, who was it? Uh, Esther Rowley wrote. And she's, she's just a sharp, a sharp lady. But she uh, was talking about, she was talking to uh, Philip Melka. And you know how I feel about Philip Melka. I love all the stuff that he makes. But he makes mostly high-end brands in Napa. And he said that uh, they harvested just 35 to 38% of the red grapes that they planted. And he just said, hey, man, those grapes are smoked. And uh, I'm not going to even bother with them. But he consults for a number of wineries. Um, uh, Spoto, Neal, Garden Creek, Trombetta. Um, Lamborn, um, I mean, a lot of wineries consults for it. Probably, I think he's got like 25 brands that he, he does wine for. And if he's only um, harvesting 35%, that brings up another thing. Up until these fires, we had a glut. But un- there, there is a glut no more probably because of this. Because there, basically there's a ton of people that aren't going to make wine for 2020 that make high-end red wines. They're not going to make the red wines because the grapes were smoked. Maybe the vineyard was torched. Maybe their winery was torched. Um, they're, they're just not going to make... There's going to be a lot less wine available. So it's a supply and demand. So in a way, this is going to help balance out um, this super glut that we have. And unfortunately, I think we're going to probably start seeing pretty quickly some higher prices on wines in the, in the, in the coming months. Yeah. I, you know, that, 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 I really like that article. Um, 
I thought it was really interesting because, you know, there are winemakers, too, who are like, people aren't going to be able to, the, you know, uh, my wines might have some smoke taint, but the wines I make, the red wines I make, and the consumer's palate, not enough smoke for them to even notice, so I'm just going to try. Okay. You know, there's sort of that anyway, uh, or that, you know, that thinking anyway. And then there are ways to, you know, you can reverse osmosis it. Um, you can do that. I can't remember what they call the French. They call it the French. Um, they basically heat the wine. They heat the grapes up to 175 degrees, and then they put them in a in a in a, vap, in a vacuum. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. So all the water in the skins basically bursts, and then you can press the wine from there. Um, I can't remember the technique, but uh, my favorite quote from that article is Pete Molinar from obsidian ridge who said quote we're all basically in a self-driving clown car nobody has our hand on the wheel and nobody knows where it's going yeah it's just, just really, really crazy. crazy and what he's alluding to there i believe uh is it's such an unknown science smoking yeah what he's Don't saying know. is hey some wines will have smoke influence but not taint these really no low numbers can somebody taste that it's unclear and i'll you know not everybody can taste that stuff. Not everybody has a palate to taste that stuff. Um, and, and, where, and where he makes his wine, or where he gets most of this stuff, is from up in Lake County. And I think this is the first year that Lake County's been spared. They've had four years of just hell fires over and over again yeah. up in Lake County. They've had, yeah, so, like five, six years, like even maybe even seven, of like like burning like the town, like the town, like Lakeport burned down yeah. one year, right? Um, uh, French, what is the, it's called uh, charcoal filtering and flash detente. Flash detente, yeah, it's like uh, that's where they uh, put it in the, kind of thing. Yeah. yeah, they put it in this um, uh, uh, vacuum and heat them up. I, I thought that was crazy, but. Well, here's, here's the net net but like, is that going to work? 2020, there's going to be, I mean, when you see 2020 on the label of it's California wine. Roll the dice. Well, you're rolling the dice a little bit, but I think you're going to be okay if you're buying, I know you're going to be okay, probably, if you're buying a sparkling wine from that vintage. Sure. Because all I, those grapes were in. Yeah, they were, yeah. All the sparkling grapes were in. And some, most that's of the, the whites. group of wines that made it through. They were just starting to bring in, they were just starting to coordinate bringing in the Sauvignon Blanc yep. before this fire started. And this is the difference between all the others. Like in 2017, you know. Harvest was done, pretty much. A lot of the grapes were harvested, maybe just the, the top, you know, people going for that extra super long hang time, and it was mostly all reds. So you're gonna, you're gonna be more likely to get a pretty decent wine if you're buying a white wine, a white wine from 2020, and I predict that we're going to see a ton of rosé flooding the market <laughs> in 2020 also. Yes because way, rosé. Yeah, the smoke yes. is in the skins. Yep. So, I mean, what would you do? I mean, you've got you've got some Cabernet. I mean, I would just friggin', I would just squeeze it and get it off the skins as, as quickly as possible, and then at least you got something to sell. I mean, you try to, you try to roll the dice and actually... Um, Ferment that wine, have it sit on the skins, put it in a barrel. You don't know, man. But Six months from now, it could way. be just trash. And then yeah. what are you going to do with it? Yeah. Make you could out. Be selling it for you know, nipples on the barrel. You know? Make hand sanitizer. 
I don't mean to make a lie to anybody uh, that's in this situation. So, but it 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 is, it is uh, the other thing in the article that um, that we're referencing here. You know, there's going to be a lot of people experimenting with stuff, and that could be interesting too. Um, I don't know that there'll be a you know, some great revelation from that or some awesome product. But the fact that the winemakers now have this sort of, well, I'm kind of shot anyway, might as well, you know, always wanted to try this, whatever this is. Yeah. So I'm just going to do it now. Um, I think, you know, we could find some interesting things here. But the net net is, I, I, I think you're spot on with regard to the, um, you know, this will stabilize the production to some degree. I mean, it just took people out so that, you know, there'll be less, um, you know, there'll just be less production of grapes. You know, we'll see what happens to the the market from that. But for the most part, I think there'll just be a, it just won't be a big year in terms of production. And there, I know a lot of people who are just not making wine. They just wrote it off. You know, they're just going to write it off. And then, you know, I think we'll probably have some uh, interesting articles about the lawsuits that happen out of this with regard to crop insurance and contracts and all that good stuff. Well, the whole thing with the insurance companies is it's going to be a huge debacle. I mean, I'm even thinking about that with our property. I mean, I mean, we just re-upped our insurance, right, uh, a couple months ago. I'm thinking probably next year, they're going to be, the insurance company is going to, they're going to be looking to get rid of us. Or we're probably looking at some seriously uh, serious increases on the, on the premium. I mean, it's got to be right, especially if you're. I don't think it's going to happen if you're actually living in the dwelling. But this this piece of property we're renting to somebody, so it's investment property, so it's not. Yeah. I will wait for the connection to come back. Come back. Reconnect. Reconnect. You were saying it was investment oh. property. Yeah, it's investment property. And, and if I owned an insurance company, I would be looking to dump me right away because, you know, hey, I'm just an investor. It'd be harder to get rid of, uh, I think it's going to be harder for them to squeeze and get rid of homeowners because, you know, you have to insurance commissioner, you know, watching over things like that. Yeah. And what if you own a winery? I mean, just think of what your premiums are going to be for a winery. They're, they're going to just be yeah. crazy. You're, you, so why not go out and get your own fire? I'm like, your, that's your option. You need to prepare for fire. Like, and have your own truck and be ready to go and, you know, all of that stuff. I mean, I, you know. I, I, I tell people I have a go bag and half my friends laugh and it's like, no, I'm, I got a go bag. You know, I live in yeah. California, that earthquake could hit flooding fires, yeah, no power. I mean, you know, it's, you know, off the grid and away from the man is becoming less of a joke. Yeah. It's like, uh, these are, these are, uh, biblical times almost because it's pandemic pandemic. <laughs> I mean, Terry, Terry was uh, 
My wife was saying last night, she goes, should we unpack the go bag? I'm like, what are you talking about? Are you unpack kidding it? me? We should probably make a couple more. Yeah, I'm thinking about keeping one in each car now. I'm not really coherent at 2 o'clock in the morning, 3 o'clock in the morning, you know? Exactly, man. That last time that we had to evacuate, I was like, ah, yeah. We ended up having to, like, we evacuated to the Bay Area. We ended up having to, like, go to the, I had to go and buy clothes because I was, I mean, it was like 3 in the morning, man. <laughs> I, I, uh, I was not popular because I got up and I looked out my window and I could see traffic backed up. Um. All the way down the by the fire stick. Yeah. So I went back to bed. Oh, jeez. Yeah. And my, and, you know, the fire, I knew where the fire was. We weren't that, it wasn't that close. Yeah. So I was not popular. And I got up like two hours later and just drove to my mom's house. You know, with people yeah. like, we could have burned. I'm like, we're not going to burn up. The <laughs> fire's like 40 miles away. <laughs> Car's packed. We're fine. Taking Bill, a nap. Get up. Get yeah. up, Bill. Ah, we're good. Well, we did. We did. We drove out and we drove up to McFarland and it was backed up at McFarland. And so it was backed up on McFarland, First Street, and over on Bodega. Couldn't yeah. get out. And I'm like, it was terrible. There's nowhere to go. Well, that's the problem with all of these areas. You can't evacuate. It's really, pretty, it's really beautiful here, but. You know, even with that Sonoma Valley, you know, if you're in Kimwood, there's there's two one ways road. Out. Yeah, you, unless you're hiking. Yeah, if you're on foot. You can you can either go east or you can either go west. Yeah, and, you know, everyone is trying to get out at the same time. So no, you can go up. north and south on foot. That's oh, about you it. <laughs> you know, I'm just saying. That go bag may yeah. may want to be a backpack. Yeah, yeah, you gotta, yeah, it's, uh, you know, now, I mean, literally three or four years ago, we wouldn't need, this wouldn't even be a, a topic, but, you know, it's it's common vernacular now, a go bag. Yeah. People have a bag packed. You should. I mean, no. you should have your bag packed. You should have all your important docs ready to go. I mean, you you know, try to replace the Social Security card. Yeah. yeah. You know, or sure. how about the title to your house? Yeah, That's a good one. Days. Yeah. It burned up. Well, now that we're talking about this, I got some more things I got to put in the go bag. Jeez. Just got to be ready, man. Put it in a fireproof safe or something. Although I've heard some of those things didn't work either. Well, the thing with the safe is the way that they're um, the way that they're put together, the way they used to be put together is they're lined with, uh, like, water jackets. So, you know, when you have the fire... Those jackets sweat, and then all your documents get sold. Yeah, they can. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. All right. Um, well, hey, we, we, I got a, a short. Uh, I got a short leash today. Man. We should probably wrap it up. Um, so, uh, anything, uh, anything exciting that you've been uh, consuming as far as drinks lately? Um, it's fresh hop. It's fresh hop time. Wet hop. Fresh yes. hops. Um, so I will have a report next week. I've tried, I've sampled some of the local breweries. Um, okay. There's a really good pale ale on at Seismic, but I will have a report next week on the things that I've tried. Sounds, sounds good, sounds, sounds good. good. I, I haven't done uh, anything. You know what I had also that was really good? I drank my last bottle of this. Remember this wine? Yeah. Single. Yeah, yeah. 
I drink my last bottle. Man, it's just you're looking at it wistfully. You're looking at it wistfully too. You're like, oh, last bottle. So good. (laughs) So good. Well, hey. So good. On that note, uh, yeah, the single post uh, Riesling um, from 2015. I think we did it. I talked about that. I won't won't rattle on about it, but man, it's amazing how well Riesling ages. I'll leave it at that. And and. So thank you, everyone. You, yeah. Right, yeah. I was about, just about to say. So you can hit Al up on the Twitter. said Vino101.net um, is presence there on, uh, on the Twitterverse. You can also hit us up on uh, info at Vino101.net. You can listen to our podcast and place a comment on our blog at Vino101.net. And if you like what you hear, please tell a friend. And um, cheers to everyone out there. Cheers to everyone. Hey, I got a PS real quick, Bill. Go. Uh, my 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 chores my chores today. I've got to uh, do this. Let's see here. Let me, uh, and I started. I don't know how I started, but I started with this prop. Proposition nineteen. Oh boy, it's voting time. Yes, you know what? That's a good PS. Vote, everyone. No excuses Everybody here. Wrote, this Proposition 19 is the biggest piece of POS that I've ever seen. But, I mean, I'm reading it, and I've, I've, I got hooked into you know reading all about it. And it's like, are you guys serious, really? But there's, I was looking, there's like 24 propositions on, you know, on the ballot. Oh, this here. is a property so, tax? Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's property tax. It's just... It's no. It's about inheritance. It's about no. uh, money going to the school. It's about help with the firemen. It's all convoluted. Yeah. It's this is a for those that don't live in California. We have this um, mechanism whereby if the legislature, the government, effectively our elected government, by the way, the people we put in power, um, doesn't do their job, we as citizens can cre- cre- get laws created and get like property tax assessed and like all this stuff. So because we're so dysfunctional, other people with money, because it takes, I forget how much it takes. It takes like a million dollars to get the basic, the basic signatures to establish a proposition, something like Mm -hmm. that. My numbers are probably wrong, not right. But, you know, honestly, you can really, if you're really motivated, you can probably round up enough people who care enough to get the money and so you can get a proposition on the ballot, and if it passes, it becomes law. And all kinds of crazy stuff happens in California because of that. Um, it's just more and more law. I mean, it's gonna be, it's gonna be like the movie Brazil after a while, where it's just, you know, it's just all, everything's taxed, you know. Yeah, that's and, a really, that's a really good explanation of of the proposition, how it all got going. Because you don't have that in other states. No. You know, we're actually doing the job of people that we're paying to do a job. We're doing their job for them. Yeah. I mean, look, our elected representatives across the board in the United States, I give them an F. (laughs) I mean, what are they doing? We have no, we have, like in California, we spend $90 billion in schools, in school in California. I think that's the number. Yeah. Really? What? Son, it's it's uh, anyway. 
Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, see, I just wanted to tell you that's that's my thing today, man. Besides uh, mixing in an all change, I'm going with uh, going oh, around right. props. I got a full day ahead of me, my friend. It 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 is, and you got to read it because I there were I remember one year there was a um, something on the ballot that it appeared to make sense to vote yes. Yeah. But it was like one of those things with, uh, and I think it might have been gay marriage, you know the whole you know marriage thing and it was like well if you vote yes for it you know like uh, you support you know it would seem to make sense that you wanted to support the law but the way the sure. whole the proposition but the whole way the thing was written if you really wanted to vote no i'll have to dig out what that was it was just like i'm like when i saw that one i'm just like oh this is just this just needs to stop yeah yeah it's, it's pretty good but when you run across 19 you'll see what i mean I just look. I just. I just looked at the. The I googled it, and it's like I can tell right away from the title of the the summary. Property tax transfers, exemptions, and revenue for wildlife agencies and counties amendment, and then immediately starts talking about schools. Yeah. It's like what? what? Oh, great. everybody wants to put their thing on with the school. This will help the kids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's their selling point. They have, boy. Well, on that lovely note, people, I now need a glass of wine. So, or a beer. So, cheers to Thanks, everyone, for listening. We really appreciate it. Cheers to all of them. Cheers. <laughs>